Ticket City presents Why You Go to See the Red Raiders. So this was the moment in tech sports, and I was a senior in high school at the time, and I remember wanting to go to the game, but I couldn't because I had to work a shift. When my shift ended, me and my coworkers just turned on the radio, and we all hung around my truck, and all of a sudden we heard the roar of the crowd, so we knew something happened, and then we heard the famous call on the radio of Crabtree scoring to beat UT. Put yourself in the action with Ticket City. Visit LubbockOnline.com slash sports and click tickets. From the sports desk of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal and RedRaiders.com, here's your look at all things Texas Tech sports. Now, here's the Red Raider Podcast. And hello everyone, I'm Carlos Silva, the Lubbock Avalanche Journal sports editor, bringing you another edition of the Red Raider Podcast, brought to you by AJ Media. And with me, I've got a very special guest, a buddy I haven't seen in a while, Sam Kahn of ESPN. How you doing, bud? I'm good. How are you? Finding you, man. Uh, obviously, uh, if you're in town, that must mean there's a big game, right? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Or the last time I was in town, there was an FBI investigation for the opposing team. Oh, that's true. Good old Kansas. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure uh, Bill Self loved you for that yes, one. But of no course, of course, in this instance, uh, we got number 25, Texas Tech, hosting number 12, West Virginia. Going to be a huge game. I, I, I feel like it's the second biggest test for uh, Texas Tech, at, at least the first one in the Big 12. I know everyone was kind of shocked by the Oklahoma State victory. I don't know how you felt about it. I wasn't necessarily shocked just because they lost so much from last year, and I think they had to kind of make up for it. But just uh, fr- from your perspective, I guess, what are you kind of looking forward to from this game? And then we'll kind of go into the matchups and kind of all those things, Sam. Obviously, offense. I mean, you know, you get to see Will Greer and, and that powerful West Virginia offense. And Texas Tech, of course, with Cliff Kingsbury and, and Alan Bowman have been throwing it around pretty well, too. So, uh, I mean, you expect to see a lot of points. So it was, what, 46-35 last year. Mm-hmm. So so more than 80 points in this game a year ago. And and remember, Texas Tech had this team down by 17 sure points did. in the second half. And, and uh, West Virginia was able to come back and win. So I my the most interesting thing to me in this game is how well does Texas Tech play? Because I think a lot of people assume – the West Virginia is going to be in the Big 12 title contention down toward the end of the season because they've got the Heisman candidate, because they've got so much talent back. But Texas Tech, this is a chance for them to establish themselves and throw themselves into the conversation if they can pull this one off. So I guess just from a national perspective, I guess when you saw what Texas Tech had coming back, obviously they lost Kiki QT, they lost Dylan Cantrell, Derek Willies, Nick Shimanek. A bunch of their offensive uh, production from last year, and you kind of see, well, you got Alan Bowman, Jet Duffy, and uh, McLean Carter. You got those three kind of battling out for quarterback. Were you kind of suspect as to what this offense would be, or did you kind of have a feeling that Cliff would figure it out? Yeah, no, knowing Cliff's history, I figured, yeah, he would figure it out because that's been his MO. It's been his strength. He's one of the best pure play callers in the country. He's one of the best quarterback evaluators in the country. So if he's recruited you, chances are you're pretty damn good. Look at the guys he's put out that are playing in the league now. So I didn't think that they would be uh, suspect. That said, they weren't as good last year offensively mm-hmm. as I thought they could have been. And and I don't know how much of that was on Nick Shamanic or how much of that was on Cliff, how much of that was on just you know the makeup of the personnel. But they weren't quite as good as I thought they would be. So certainly there was some uncertainty because of the quarterback situation. That said, I think it told you something when the guys who were at the forefront at Big 12 Media Days were defensive players, which has not been the norm around here. So if anything, you felt like – I thought a couple things. If the defense ain't going to be 
good this year, it's never going to be good because they've got the ideal situation from a personnel standpoint, mm-hmm. some preseason all Big 12 type talent on it. And then from an offensive standpoint is once he picks the quarterback, how explosive will they be? You think they'd be good, but can they be great? And so far, uh, save for that Ole Miss game, they've been pretty great. I was going to say, so So, what were your takeaways from Texas Tech? Because I know 17 points against an Oklahoma State team. Again, from my perspective, I thought it was an Oklahoma State team that struggled to score with Taylor Cornelius. It looked like he wasn't really, I guess, just kind of jiving with his wide receivers at times, kind of missed a couple throws where he probably should have been. But I guess from your perspective, 17 points to Oklahoma State or just 17 points overall for this defense, especially after going up against, as you mentioned, a very high-powered Ole Miss offense that had three potential NFL caliber receivers, and then of course a Houston squad that is now uh, kind of instituting the Art Bryles type offense that just almost ten seconds every play. You know, you know. I thought the couple things that I took away from that was one. I like like you. I agree. It, you don't really know what to expect from Oklahoma State, yeah. and I think they were going to feel themselves out because of how much offensive talent they lost. Mm-hmm. And, and they they're not going to be a ten win every year type of team. That they are going to be a good team, but there's going to be you know, every few years they'll be great. This is probably not one of those years for them. But when you're Texas Tech and you've had the struggles they've had and you can hold a team to 17 mm-hmm. in their place, that says a lot about where you are as a defense. So I, I thought, obviously, the return of Jay Sean Johnson was mm-hmm. a big, big deal for them. And it showed because they were able to kind of take away the middle of the field. They were mm-hmm. able to take away that mid-range intermediate passing game. And that made it tougher on Oklahoma State to get things going. So I thought I was really impressed with how they played from a secondary standpoint, and I thought uh, overall you have to be pleased with that effort. And the question is, is if whether you can carry it over into this week. And speaking of this week, obviously they play a number twelve West Virginia squad who is undefeated in conference and of course overall record. Will Greer, a guy that everyone kind of, at least if if you're watching college football, know who he is. He's a Heisman hopeful, the quarterback transfer uh, to West Virginia where where does this team go with him and where does it go without him because certainly people saw what happens without him when he did get hurt last year yeah no I mean he he makes this offense go because when you have someone that has a multi-year is a multi-year starter a Mm multi-year starter a veteran who's got a guy who's been in the offense as long as he has it's just so valuable because it, everything is automatic. Everything happens so quick. He yeah. can make the decisions much quicker. Uh, he knows. He's seen so much, and it makes it so much easier. I remember thinking, you know, I remember looking at a guy like you know the Dana Holgerson coach back at Houston and Case Keenum. Mm-hmm. You remember what that offense looked like in its sixth year when Case was in his sixth year. Uh, it, it was like clockwork. And then yeah. you've got skill guys like David Sills, you know, there who he's, he's played with for multiple years too. And so when you have a guy like that who's mature, who's a leader, who's smart, who's got a ton of ability on top of all that, it, it makes your offense go. And when he's not in there, you're a totally different ball club. Once again, you're listening to the Red Raider Podcast, brought to you by AJ Media. we got Sam Kahn here of ESPN. He's a college sports reporter for the Four Letter Network. You can follow him on Twitter at Junior. That's K-H-A-N-J-R. Talking a little bit about West Virginia, I know you went into Will Greer, how things go. What do they have in terms of the wide receivers? Because... I know it's not necessarily as impressive as Ole Miss, at least from my perspective, but David Sills is always a good good player. Gary Jennings is a guy that can go up and get the ball. Then, of course, Marcus Sims had himself a game against Kansas State. 
Yeah, Sims is one of those versatile guys, too, because he's a real big factor in the return game. But, no, Sills is – I mean, the guy just catches touchdowns left yeah. and right. You know, mm-hmm. he had three last week. Uh, he's had many multiple touchdown games. They've got a dynamic group. they got an experienced group. And yeah. so – and it's a lot of talent. And the way Dana's offense is not – terribly dissimilar to what Cliff and, and Texas Tech run. So you're going to see guys trying to get to space, guys breaking off their mm-hmm. routes, making on-the-fly decisions. That's where I go back to the experience with Greer is when you have a guy that experience, they've got that relationship, they know where each other's going to be. He knows when his receivers are going to break their routes mm-hmm. or when they're going to go deep, things like that. And in this offense where everything is run to space, it's huge. And they've got a good group of guys. They're talented. They're quick, they're athletic, they make plays. Uh, they can get down the field, but they've got a good uh, intermediate passing game as well. So they've got a good group of receivers. Speaking of group of receivers, Texas Tech has kind of shown that they've got themselves a good group of receivers after losing uh, some of the guys I mentioned before, QT, uh, Willies, Cantrell, and kind of all those guys. But Antoine Wesley stepped up, J.D. on highest stepped up. Those are their two leading uh, receivers going into there. And then, of course, uh, pardon me, as well as T.J. Vasher. Almost forget about Yeah, him. the guy sports. who made the yeah. catch of the year so far. Yeah, so obviously they got three talented guys there. And then, of course, you got some others that just seems like it's wide receiver U. I know Texas Tech likes to tout that. But I guess from, from your perspective, I know everyone looks at the wide receivers because you throw, but the guy throwing it is pretty darn good considering he's a second-semester freshman. Yeah, no, I mean, I tell you, I've been really impressed in the last few weeks. And, and I didn't know what to expect because – you know, he wasn't named the starter out of camp. Yep. He got thrown in in the first game because McLean Carter got hurt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you didn't really know what to make of that performance because it's a tough situation for a true freshman. Oh, it yeah. really is. To, to play a Power 5 opponent when you weren't expecting a play, when the game plan wasn't drawn up for yep. you. But, man, the way he's responded ever since and the way he responds to – the way Cliff gets after him, yep. you know, the criticism. And he knows how to place the ball. He's got to – he can make all the throws, at least from what I can tell. Mm-hmm. And he does have a great group of receivers, man. These guys, you know, Vasher especially. I mean, I was there in Houston when he made that catch in the very first quarter. Yep. I mean, it, it almost sets a tone for the entire year. You know, High has been there forever. He, he's, he's a talented guy, Wesley. I mean, and they got a lot of guys behind him too. He's, they've got a really good group. And, again, it's – I'm impressed with the way they've been able to reload at that position because they, like you said, Cantrell, guys like Jakeem Grant a few years mm-hmm. ago. Yep. It's hard to replace guys that are that good. Those guys, those guys were really elite receivers, and uh, to be able to still come in, plug a guy in, and still be able to produce at the level they did, it's really impressive. But Bowman certainly is impressed so far too. Now, here's a little X factor type stat that I I had noticed, and of course, Texas Tech's going to tout this, but the fact that they're Ranking pretty high in time of possession also shows that they're kind of stepping up their game. And I know Cliff has been saying this year after year, and no no one kind of believed it up until now that they finally have an experienced line that can block for them. But the running game is working so well. And not only that, but it's working without the top two starters that you thought you'd have in Daly on Ward, Trey King. Both of those guys have been out the last couple games, but it doesn't really matter. you got two freshmen in Sir Roderick Thompson and John Henry that have really kind of stepped up. And speaking of another guy that stepped up, Demarcus Felton had 22 total carries last year, had 12 carries, I believe 125, 128 yards, two touchdowns in that win against Oklahoma State. So certainly a lot of guys stepping up, and I think uh, Cliff Kingsbury has a pretty good problem to have there. Well, they got like five guys in the backfield yep. now. I mean, of yeah. course, a couple of them have been banged up, but I mean, it, it's impressive the depth that they have there. But I think that's one of the the 
I guess the white whales of the air raid offense is mm-hmm. establishing a running game. You know, I mean, Dana had a hard time with it at West Virginia. It took him some years to get it to where he really wanted. Now they have a pretty good one. Uh, you know, when Kevin Sumlin was at, U- at uh, Texas A&M, he, mm-hmm. he took a, it took a while for them to try to develop it. Cliff has tried to develop it here. It's, it takes a little bit of a different mentality, and it's, it's a challenge because of the style of his offense. But that said – I've been impressed with how they've done it so far. And you mentioned that time of possession thing. I'm shocked because that's one thing of these guys who run this style of offense, mm-hmm. Dana, Cliff, all those guys, they, they're very much of the time of possession. doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Like that's, that's been the root. You know, that goes back to Mike Leach that they don't care about that. So to see them dominating in that statistic, A, tells you how good they've been running the ball. But B, tells you maybe, you know, they are – maybe Cliff is taking a little bit different approach. Maybe it's mm-hmm. not, you know, we're not going to – slam on the pedal like you said with mm-hmm. Houston and the Baylor offense you know every snap at every 10 seconds you can take a little bit of time and I've noticed some up-tempo teams Dana does it too some up-tempo teams have started to take a step back with that because that you get so many of those series that go when it doesn't go right mm-hmm. incomplete 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 and your defense is on the field in 20 seconds of game clock have gone yeah. off and that really puts your defense in a bad situation so given what he's had with the problems defensively in the past few years that's why I think part of the big reason why you want to get the run game going, but also you just want your team to be able to do good in the red zone, which they have this year, mm-hmm. and you want your team to be able to run some clock when they're in the win the game situation in the fourth quarter. And those are, I think, the two biggest uh, factors. I know they're they've totally changed uh, what happened in the third. It, the third downs, pardon me, in that goal line situation. So that's certainly one good thing. And, of course, that happens when you balance your offense out with that running back situation. But speaking of running backs, there's a guy named David Long that's pretty good for West Virginia. He can get definitely get after a quarterback, and I think that's certainly one person you want to kind of focus on if, if you're a Texas Tech fan kind of watching West Virginia. No, no doubt. And i tell you what, Tony Gibson's done a great job with that defense yep. overall. They, they, they Again, going back to this style of offense, it's hard to have an elite defense, but mm-hmm. uh, you know they've done a good job recruiting. They've done a good job scheming Gibson. You know, similar to the way Cliff has done here with Gibbs, sticking with a guy. Dana found a guy in Tony Gibson he likes, believes in, has stuck with him, and he's built a you know a defense that will get at you. They got kind of a little bit of an odd front, you know, yeah. and and they can throw some confusion at you in their style of defense. So uh, no, definitely it's uh, there'll be a lot to handle for sure. So I guess from your perspective, what, what what kind of impresses you about West Virginia? I know you kind of talked a little bit about it. They kind of confuse you, but it seems that the one thing that they do is they try to stay in coverage if possible mm-hmm. because they want you to try and run the football on them. Yeah, no doubt. They, they, they want you to try to run as many plays as possible because the more plays you run before you get to the goal line, the better chance they're going to get to either make you make a mistake, yep. they'll get a turnover or something of that sort. And I think uh, you see teams that, that, that aren't what you call your elite defense or shutdown defenses will try that for sure. But, you know, for, like I said, from a defensive standpoint, they've got some special, good special teams. I think Sims is a, is a talented guy in the return game. And, and like we, we talked so much about the offense there – and, and they are they are going to try to establish the run game. Mm-hmm. You know that's it's, it's not just all Greer and Sills. You know Dana understands they're going to you know do that. They're going to use a little bit of tight end too. Mm-hmm. You know so uh, they're they're going to throw some different things at you and they're going to tempo you sometimes. They're going to try and push it you know from time to time. So uh, it's it's a multifaceted attack. It's a good team. There's a reason they're number twelve in the country right now. Uh, but uh, obviously the number seven is the one that makes it all go. I know uh, not going to put you on the spot, but I guess what what are you going to look for in this game that kind of tells you, okay, this is going good for Tech or this is going good for West Virginia? From a Tech standpoint, I think if you can continue to A, run the ball, and B, 
get turnovers, it, which uh, that, that's been, I know, you know, they're, they're, they haven't probably caused as many yet this year as they wanted to, yeah. but that's David Gibbs' MO going all the way back to when he was Houston and got back in the college game. They create turnovers. And so if they can do that, and, and one of the biggest ways you're going to be able to do that is you've got to get after uh, Greer. They're mm-hmm. going to have to get him off schedule, get him a little bit uh, rattled. If you're West Virginia, you're good if you protect. If you just protect Will Greer and you give him time, those receivers are too good. And, and you can only cover so long if you're DB. So if, if you can protect Will Greer, take care of the football, I think West Virginia's in good shape. Once again, that's Sam Kahn, the college sports reporter for ESPN.com. You can follow him at s con jr appreciate the time my man and we'll see you early in the morning tomorrow for an 11 a.m kick looking forward to it thanks for having me this has been another edition of the red raider podcast i'm carlos silva the sports editor here at the lubbock avalanche journal appreciate you listening we'll talk to you next week